cold on Ibiza, which is why I'm recording this. Ibiza is one of the Balearic Islands off the coast of Spain and the Mediterranean. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It's a place of, in many sense, freedom, uh, exploration, personal exploration, internally and externally. And I just finished a, a moment of meditation. I'm not a particularly good meditator, and I wish I could do it much more often than I do. Uh, and just the whole concept of, <laughs> of being a good meditator, uh, of course, exposes my lack of um, ability to meditate, because that's not actually the point, of course. But actually, from the perspective of neuroscience, what is the point of meditation? And in a very functional way, the aim of meditation is to exercise your prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is one of our newest evolutionary structures that sits at the front of your brain. And what is essential for your prefrontal cortex is that it needs to exercise its ability to look away from the obvious. We so often look at what is obvious. We're reflexive in our perceptions. We're reflexive in where our, even our eyes move. So attention is not what you look at, which is obvious. It's what you look away from. And meditation is literally an exercise of doing exactly that. The reason why I'm telling you this is, this is the introduction to the next episode, which is one of the paths of exploring how to contend with our fear of going to the very place we evolved to avoid, the fear of not knowing, the fear of uncertainty. And that pathway, that solution, is to activate your prefrontal. I hope you enjoyed the words of this episode. If you've been listening to previous episodes of this podcast series, you will have learned that the first step to contending with your fear of uncertainty is understanding, since understanding creates the possibility of choice. So what's then required to thrive in the very place we evolved to avoid? is to activate your prefrontal. Your prefrontal cortex is the most recent innovation of your brain's evolution. It evolved to help you deviate away from your more automatic, reactionary perceptions of panic and denial and anger to move more thoughtfully and with consideration. Like other animals, we too are drawn to shiny objects. Your eyes move predictably. This is because you reflexively look at what neuroscientists call salient stimuli, such as high contrast edges or movements in your periphery, or etc. These stimuli had evolutionary significance, and because you are an evolved being, you reflexively look at the same stimuli that your ancestors also found salient many years ago. So naturally enough, what your eyes focus on determines what the rest of your brain sees. For instance, if I were to show you two bars in the formation of an X moving behind a window, and I were to put these two bars in motion, and if I asked you to look at the center, the intersection of the two bars, you would actually see an X moving from left to right. But if I asked you to look at the boundary where each bar meets the window aperture, you would see the two bars moving up and down, which means your brain is shifting between two completely opposing types of motion, depending on where you look. And remember, we're just talking about the motion of two bars. And what's true at the simplest levels of perception is true at all levels of your perception. So to reiterate, 
because this is really important, whether it's different parts of moving bars or different parts of a conversation with another person or even different parts of your own behavior, whatever you focus on will shape everything else you see around it. The reason is perceptual coherence. Remember, your brain wants certainty and coherence is certainty. Incoherence is uncertainty. And you're doing this all the time, and I mean literally all the time. This is what you're doing when you dream. Your brain receives activity from different parts of your brain and different parts of your body and then creates out of necessity a coherent net narrative from that unique, often incoherent amalgamation of activity. Perceptual coherence is so important to our brains that we often will lie to ourselves as well as to other people in order to maintain it. Indeed, that's much of what lying is about, preserving perceptual coherence within ourselves and within the people uh, that we interact with. And this is not only unique to a very strong and recent example of the Trump administration. We're all doing it, and we do it all the time, from how we direct our gaze inward to how we direct our gaze outward. We're all trying to maintain a perceptual coherence that decrease the uncertainty of our own perceptions of ourselves and the world. The scenes of a movie aren't shot randomly. A director uses the camera to direct your attention to the elements that he or she believes will create a certain coherence in your brain, which we call a narrative. When this strategy is used for film, we call it art. When applied to politics, we call it propaganda. What is essential to know is that it's happening, and it's happening to you by you, since it's only in accepting this physiological fact that your brain has the chance to break all perceptual coherences. If not, you won't. Indeed, you might prefer to remain in a specific illusion. This is Neo's choice when offered the red pill or the blue pill in the film The Matrix. Do you want to know what it is? The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. Even now in this very room. You can see it when you look out your window or when you turn on your television. You can feel it when you go to work, when you go to church, when you pay your taxes. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? that you are a slave, Neo. Like everyone else, you were born into bondage, born into a prison that you cannot smell or taste or touch. A prison for your mind. <sighs> Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. 
and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. love that scene in the matrix the red pill is effectively a prefrontal stimulant the blue pill is a prefrontal inhibitor will he take ownership of what he looks at or will he look away from what was previously obvious will he activate his prefrontal and will you since what you look at reveals who you were but what you choose to not look at reveals who you will become and that is where agency lives. While your brain's number one aim is to stay alive, staying alive for extended periods of time requires deviating from the obvious. But to deviate well and to maintain that deviation is hard in a world that rewards self-importance, conformity, and being right. And yet almost nothing interesting you've created began with knowing. It began with not knowing. It began with a question as do all quests. So if you have the courage to truly see and listen, then you will have received a gift, a gift of potential awareness, a gift of seeing the assumptions, beliefs, and priorities that guide you. Many, if not most, choose not to look at their own expectations because as soon as you look, your brain will need to do something about what it sees in order to maintain coherence. And if it doesn't like what it sees, it may choose to deny, ignore, or lie about the evidence. To engage with what you see takes you to the very place your brain evolved to avoid, to a place of self-doubt and short-term stress, since the greatest threat to oneself is the uncertainty of the self. And yet, if you are ever going to go from A to B, your first step is not B. Your first step to go from A to B is to go from A to not A, to let go of the usually implicit assumptions that guide your eyes, guide your actions, and guide your perceptions. But you already know how hard it is to look away from the obvious. And if you didn't, next time you're in a traffic jam and you come up against an accident, try not looking. Even now, in your imagination of this terrible scene, you will feel how difficult it is to look away. But you can. You can choose to look away from panic buying, from ridiculing your partner, friend, or your child, or even from derogatory statements of yourself to yourself. While these might all be natural responses, some salient to triggered stimuli, that's not the point. The point is that these responses are generated by circuits that you laid down in your brain from your past interactions with your world. But they are only currently you. The first step to calling them is just to stop. Uh, Dr. Switzer? Uh, yes, C come in. I'm just, just washing my hands. Uh, I'm Catherine Bigman. Janet Carlyle referred me. Oh, yes. Uh... Yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> Should I lay down? Oh no, 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 we don't, we don't do that anymore. Just, just have a seat. And uh, let let me uh, tell you a, a bit about our, our billing. I um, I charge five dollars for the for the first five minutes. 
and, and then absolutely nothing after that. How, how, how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Too good to be true, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, I can, I can almost guarantee you that that our session won't last the full, uh, the full five minutes. Now, um, <laughs> we don't do any insurance billing, so you would either have to pay in, in cash or by check. <clears throat> wow, okay. And, uh, and I, I don't make change. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and go. <clears throat> go. Well, tell what? me. Tell me about the problem that you wish to address. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have this fear of being buried alive in a box. <laughs> I just, I start thinking about being buried alive and I begin to panic. Has, has, has anyone ever, ever tried to, to bury you alive in a box? No. No, but truly thinking about it does make my life horrible. I mean, I can't go through tunnels or be in an elevator or in a house, anything boxy. So what, what you're saying is you're, uh, you're claustrophobic. Uh, yes. Yes, that's it. All right. Well, uh, let's go, Catherine. I'm, uh, I'm going to uh, say two words to you right now. I, I want you to listen to them very, very carefully. Then I want you to take them out of the office with you and incorporate them in, into your life. Well, shall I uh, write them down? Well, if, if it makes you comfortable, it's just two words. Most we find most people can uh, can remember them. <laughs> okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. Here, here they are. Stop it! <laughs> I'm sorry. Stop it! Stop it! Yes. S T O P. New word. I.T. So, what are you saying? <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I, I, I say two simple words, and I cannot tell you the amount of people who say exactly the same thing you're saying. I mean, this, you know, this is not Yiddish, Catherine. This is English. Stop it. So, I should just stop it. There you go. I mean, you, you, you don't want to go through life being scared of being buried alive in a box, do you? I mean, that... Sounds, sounds frightening. Yes. Then stop it. I, I can't. I mean, it's been with me no, since no, childhood. No, no, no. We, 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 we don't go there. Just, just stop. So I should just stop being afraid of being buried alive in a box. You got it. Good go. Well, it's only been, it's only been three minutes, so that will be um, uh, three dollars. I love that scene from the Bob Newhart show. Overcoming our evolved and inherited reflexes is so essential for our survival that we have evolved a tool for doing so. We have evolved the tool for just stopping. And it's your prefrontal cortex. And we become better at using it, become better at just stopping. And this is what meditation is really for. It's an exercise. It's a practice. No different from you going to the gym, but it's the exercise for your brain. When you meditate, you increase the activity of your prefrontal cortex, which actually inhibits lower level circuits. 
This not only reduces your amygdala's fight-or-flight responses to stress by reducing cortisol, it also increases oxytocin, which creates feelings of empowerment and empathy and generosity. This in turn strengthens your immune system and even your brain's ability to be agile in its thinking. You strengthen you. In doing so, you become wiser. In fact, wisdom arises from uncertainty, not despite it. By engaging proactively in the world and choosing not to avoid pain, distress, or conflict, and doing so with humility, curiosity, and courage in order to create understanding, you actually increase the complexity of your brain's connectome. In other words, the connections between the cells in your brain. Indeed, much of my research as a PhD student in Edinburgh Medical School was exploring how a more active brain releases more trophic factors. These are factors that your brain cells need to grow and survive. The more active you are, the more they are released. The result is a brain with a higher dimensional search space. Put more intuitively, a more complex brain has more ways of thinking, which is why a more complex brain is a more adaptable brain. In nature, more adaptable systems thrive. Whether that system is a person, culture, species, ecology, business, or government, being intentionally proactive in this time of COVID and beyond, to practice it, to exercise your prefrontal cortex, is to discover what uncertainty really is. It's the only place where your brain can learn to walk through life with a tilt in order to not be blown over by the future headwinds of your life. Uncertainty is where you actually learn to thrive. In our next episode, we will explore the specific ways in which you can apply proactivity. So thank you very much for listening. My name is Bo Lotto and thank you for listening to my Expanding Perception podcast, which will be an ever-expanding story of the neuroscience of uncertainty and how we can not just cope with it, but expand because of it. My aim in creating this podcast is really to try to help you increase your perceptual intelligence, which will give you the ability to make the decisions and take the actions that will foster a more loving, adaptable, and optimistic life in an increasingly uncertain world. My hope is that this podcast will help you in your journey to self-honesty, which is one of the hardest journeys we can take in our life, since it's a never-ending practice and might take you to places that you might want to avoid. But if you have the courage and compassion to go on this journey, you'll find that it's worth it, and it will create true authenticity in your way of being. A deeper consideration of many of the ideas in the Expanding Perception podcast can be found in my book, Deviate, The Creative Power of Transforming Your Perception. You can also follow me and my lab of misfits on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also take part in experiments on the Lab of Misfits website that we've designed just for you to help you better understand who you are. So thank you, and I hope you enjoy these episodes.